Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Come over here for another bow. Don't pump I'm but a dance dance. Wear these spandex pants, pants. My ass looks good when I dance, dance. Don't pump I just dance, dance. Leg warmers when I dance. dance. Crocs on my feet and a headband. Some other move. This is what you gotta do. Ain't no treadmill. No, no, no. Ain't no bicycle. No, no, no. Do do it on a yoga mat. No, no, no. It's from shaking that. Welcome everybody to Superficial Magic, the most magical place on the internet. I am your host, Megan Granger, and today I am joined by somebody incredibly special to me. Um, She is the madam of comedy here in Hollywood. She is my mentor. She is amazing. She is Lisa Sunstead. Hi, guys. Hi, Lisa. So nice to be here. I'm so glad you're with us. (laughs) So... Today, I wanted to talk to you about everything, obviously, Mm -hmm. but first I wanted to talk to you about how I found you because it's crazy. It's very Abraham Hicks. It's very universe. Love it. Okay. I don't know if I've ever told you this before. I don't know. Okay. So I was living with a guy in LA and he sucked, but he was my only friend. He was all I knew. I was stuck. Okay. Then we went out one day and I met his friend who was a stand-up comedian. I don't even think I'd ever been to a stand-up show. I had no idea it was even a thing. Okay. Right? So we go and I was like, oh, that was really funny. Good job. And he's like, thanks. And me and the stand-up start hiking together. It it was a guy? Yeah. In a non-romantic way, like we would just... For you. Well, he was sleeping with the entire town and never tried anything with me. So it was just like friend friendly for me. And I think for him. Okay. So, um, I broke up with the, with the guy I was living with. Okay. As I was just telling you, because he was addicted to drugs and made 200 pieces of toast (laughs) for an imaginary party in his mind. And I figured I should leave. Okay. So I move out to my friend's house and I'm like where am I gonna go I guess I'm gonna rent this room it sucks it's like not in a part of town I want whatever whatever but he texts me that day this guy and is like do you want to go hiking and I'm like sure but I'm not at my house you have to come get me in whatever part of town I was and I can't remember what it was called and I'm like I have to move out and he's like well why don't you just rent my extra bedroom I'm never there I was like okay so I rented his extra bedroom I was in the middle of West Hollywood it was perfect yeah it was mine all to myself like washer and dryer it was gorgeous and cheap and I was on my own for the first time and I started watching him do stand-up all of the time okay and I really wanted to try it someday but it wasn't something that I even thought because no one's like I'll try that someday you teach people that they can anyone can yes but I did not know that at the time that was like impossible okay so I kind of think I want to. I see this class that's going up of people trying it for their first time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would love to do that someday. And then I walk. I'm just taking a walk one night and I see the classes doing it again. So I go in and I watch their I watch their show and I go up to the girl after and I'm like, I really want to take your class. And she's like, great. Her name's Leslie. She's very nice. So I sign up for her class. I'm going to do my first show, whatever. And 
this girl in my class looks at me and she's like, you need to be in Lisa Sunstead's Pretty Funny Women. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? But I'm in the class. And she's like, you need to be taking two classes and you need to go take this class immediately. Puts your name on a piece of paper, like shoves it to me. And Do you remember who that was? Yeah, Emily. Oh. Redheaded Emily. Emily Wallen. Uh-huh. Oh, my god. Uh-huh. Yep. So she's like, it's like a coven. It's like all women and gag dudes and you learn to do stand up and you also learn so much about yourself and you get comedy therapy. Yeah. Comedy yeah. therapy. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. I park. I remember parking right on that street out there. Mm-hmm. Annabelle DeSisto parked right across from me. Cause this is where we met. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was looking at her and I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> who is this? <laughs> I was like, is she coming to like stand up class? And then we all went in and it completely changed everything. And I look back and I'm like, wow, it was just perfectly orchestrated. Yeah. But at the time it felt so like what's happening. Mm hmm. So yes, I love those moments. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. I know. I live for it. I know you, you know. do. <laughs> Looking we back, love- I'm like, I'm supposed to be here with you. Yeah. Who else was in that class? Uh, Molly Gardner. Uh huh. And Sam. Hale. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sam Hale does a lot for me. Now. Yep, yeah. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, really couldn't was tell you. In it? Nope. Okay. That Not that first class. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So that's how you guys met. Yeah. And you guys became besties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. And I hear that a lot from a lot of people that from take your class. class. Yeah. They they become, you know, besties for life. What yeah. do you think it is about just making space for women that is so important for them to be by themselves away um, from men? Oh, because when you take my class, there's no sexual tension. Mm-hmm. You remove that. No one's being objectified. Right. And there are no, you don't have to f- be filtered. Yeah. You know, you can say anything you want. We can talk about the stuff you're not supposed to talk about on stage, which is having a period or, you know, <laughs> we can talk about rape and we can talk about all the subjects that are that might be considered taboo. Mm-hmm. And um, and I also think that when all women get together and they expose themselves, something magical happens in the room. Right. Yeah. What is that? I just think that, first of all, I think women are so much more interesting than men. Wow. Like, if I was going to go to a strip club, I would go to a strip club and watch women take right. off their clothes. I would never go to a male strip show. You're not going to thunder down under no, anytime soon. That would turn me off. Right. I don't want to see a guy doing a grand jeté. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And women are just, they're a magical little yeah little souls Mm -hmm. and when you put them in a room because before I moved to LA when I lived in Kansas I had really good friends and I love them so much but I didn't have this community of like we're gonna do this with just women because now I sit in like circles with just my girlfriends and we read our cards and we put our moon intentions out there and it's very normal for me Mm -hmm. but and it, again, I love men. There's nothing wrong with men. I hope to. Oh, I love men too. Yeah. But I have insulated myself into this world where I surround myself only with female comedians. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to deal with the reality of stand-up comedy, which is primarily men, male-dominated field. Yeah. And it's... and. um and I, a lot of my students, when I send them to open mics, they come back like dejected. 
Yeah. Because they've been either, like one of my girls told me that a group of girls went to an open mic and they were sitting in the front row and they're watching this guy do do his thing at the open mic and he goes, oh, are you guys all here for like a bachelorette party? <gasps> and they were like, no, we're comics. And he was like, what? Oh my Isn't that goodness. insulting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the normal. Yeah. Attitude. That is the attitude. Like women can't be like groups of women together are there to serve me. Yes. You're not obviously not here for your own career. Exactly. It's crazy to get a group of women on my vision board right now. I have a big group of friends and they're all wearing the same hat and it says power players. Oh, nice. And that's like what I'm trying to manifest is just everybody in my life and everybody who listens to the podcast and or just like rising up that's right Mm -hmm. yeah you're good at manifesting things i am yeah tell us how But i think you have to be super specific about what you want right right to the universe yeah you have to know you have to visualize it in your mind and you have to know how you want to feel once you get it you have to put yourself in the feeling state Mm -hmm. for it to you know come to you but um remember the video we made on my website yes uh, which is pretty funny women.com guys in case you want to check it out megan's in it and she's hysterical and annabelle's in it and she is super hysterical yeah. it's it's a commercial okay so what happened is is i was praying mm-hmm. and this was about six years ago and i said okay god what do i do next to help my career and this voice clearly came into my head and said make a commercial for your classes mm. and I go I don't know how to make a commercial I wouldn't even know where to start <laughs> you're like um, god I'm sorry so, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's you're gonna have to take it over universe you take it over and you know tell me how how to do it mm-hmm. and I released the whole thing to the universe that night I went to a party for this show I was working on called Robot Chicken with um Seth Green created yes, it it's a, yes yeah and I was a voiceover on it and so I went to the rap party and I'm at the bar and I'm just getting myself a Diet Coke and this guy walks up and we start talking and he goes, what do you do? And I go, oh, I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a voiceover. I did voiceover on the show and I go, what do you do? He goes, oh, I'm a director. And I go, oh, interesting. Cause I'm looking for a director right now. Cause I'm going to make a commercial. And he was like, what's your, give me your, give me your information. Wow. The next day he's like, okay, let's do this. Get me a script. And I literally wrote a script. We, we scheduled a time to get together for him to come over. I called all the girls that I wanted in the spot. I wrote a script on a bunch of napkins. It just was channeled through me. Ugh. I never even thought about it. And I he showed up with a full-on crew, yep. craft services, mm-hmm. a DP, mm-hmm. a camera. He took control of the whole thing. His name is Jed Hathaway. He was one of the best. And he directed it and edited it for me. And mm. sent it to me, and it's still on my website, and I get so many compliments on it, and it's gotten me so much work. It's so perfectly... It's... Yeah. Yeah. It came together effortlessly. Same with how I got my house. I was working on Chelsea lately, and I was very stressed out. It was a, it was a very grueling schedule. It was a daily schedule, and, oh. you know... You bring, lost me at daily <laughs> schedule. <laughs> well, it's a daily show, right? Right. So you have to, like come into work at like 9 45 in the morning and you don't leave till 6 45 at night and you're writing all day and you then you have to go home and watch pop culture shows so you could come in Ooh. and pitch stuff so you had ideas to pitch in the uh-huh. morning so i'm working on this show and i'm like i want a house i lived in a condo that i uh, that i'd bought um 
but I wanted a house because I wanted, I was lonely in my condo and I wanted a house that had a guest house so I could have roommates without them living with me. Brilliant. Yeah. So I was like, I want a house with a guest house. And I just started going online and I found this guest house around the corner, this house for sale around the corner for me. So I went and I saw it and it was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. And I was in a total manic episode. And when you're manic (laughs) and bipolar, by the way, when you're manic, you're fearless and you have unwavering faith in yourself. And I was like, I want to buy this house. And the realtor was like, don't you already have a house? And I was like, I already have two houses, but I want to buy a third. (laughs) And so... (laughs) And I was making a lot of money at the time, so I qualified and I bought the house. Well, turns out I never used the guest house for people to live mm. in. It converted, it somehow got converted into my class. Yeah. My classes. And it looks like a little comedy club back there. Mm-hmm. It had a stage. That's so weird. Built in. All that stage was, was built there. It was built there. That is so weird. It was, I know. That's what I'm saying. It yeah, was, it was meant to be that I was not supposed to be working on Chelsea lately. I left the show mm-hmm. because I got offered a voiceover job in the middle. I got offered this job that you can't turn down because it paid $10,000 a day. <gasps> no, you can't. No, even though I was making really good money on Chelsea lately. But so the voiceover people offered me the job. And then I said to Chelsea, can I do both? And she said, no. Uh oh. She said, You have to pick one. And I picked the voiceover job, and then she got kind of mad at me and never talked to me again. But, and I picked the voiceover job, and the voiceover job ended a month later. No. Yes. So then I went through a severe depression because I had nothing. Oh my goodness. But it was like preparing you for this class. To start teaching. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so I started teaching. And teaching has brought me more joy. And it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my career to this day. Really? Yes. Like when you help somebody write a joke and you see them execute it on stage, that's like watching your baby take a first step. Yeah. Or yeah. watching them graduate or just being able to impart um, the wisdom that I've I've gotten from this business over the past 25 years and sharing it with other yeah. people. It's it's a, it's being of service. Yeah, it is. And I get so many thank you cards and the thank you cards say, you gave me confidence I never had. Oh. So, com- like, I'm somehow giving these girls confidence because they're doing something that scares them more than anything. Yeah, something that you never thought you would do. I, again, right. I didn't even know, like, stand-up comedy was an option of something you could right. do. I don't even think I knew actor was something. I just thought people were, like, just put in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like themselves. I don't know. I was very sheltered. Yeah. So, um, well, these women are facing a fear of, because public speaking is one of the biggest fears that people have. But now you are not only public speaking, but you have to be funny. And I send you guys, as you know, to open mics, which mm-hmm. are terrifying. But I always say fear is a mile high, a mile wide, but paper thin. And you only know it once you walk through it. And the funny part is, is, I just did the worst open mic in my life probably three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And even with it being the worst thing I've ever done in my life, once you are up on stage, it's okay. Yeah. Even if it's it's terrible, you're just like kind of laughing to yourself. It's those moments leading up to it that are just so terrifying so that's always a right. good it's, the, it's the the fear of the experience is greater than the actual experience always yeah always so once you walk through it and you're like oh okay and the worst that can happen is that you don't get one laugh that's the worst yeah and so what 
Exactly. It's just information. It means you need to tweak your act a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. It's gathering data. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Do you think most of the girls that have gone on to be super successful from your classes and from your life, because you know so many of them, I think you were telling me, t- tell us about the show you had once. Um, oh, okay. So Pretty Funny Women started as a showcase mm-hmm. at the Hollywood Improv, and it was it was a showcase for hot up-and-coming new comics. So this is way before I was teaching. I was just producing shows, and I would find girls that I really believed in that I thought were going to be stars, and I would like book them on my show at the Hollywood Improv. And I would have on on one lineup, um, Chelsea Handler, Tig Notaro, Maria Bamford, Natasha Leggero. <laughs> <laughs> Which... It, it, those are the comedy guys. Shepard. Yeah. And then I would have them all in one bill. Can you wow, imagine? No. That's, where, that's how strong my shows were back then um, with these unknown girls, which are now, they're all stars and they've all blown up. But I do that still to this day. Mm-hmm. I'm putting together a show, which you're doing mm-hmm. in La Jolla. Yep. And we're doing a show, Pretty Funny Women, at the La Jolla Comedy Store this coming Wednesday, October 25th. Starts at 8 8 o'clock. Yep. I have on that show... Um, 10 girls that each of them in their own right is a star, is a comedy star. I know. I was looking at that lineup and I was like, whoo. Yeah. Gabby Lamb. Mm-hmm. Audrey Stewart. Yep. You. Wow. Rachel Wolfson. Amazing. Um, no, these are all unknowns, but you, it's kind of like you're getting a little gift mm-hmm. to come see the show because you're seeing these girls before they blow up. Yeah. You're and, seeing, you're seeing them when they still, uh. When they, when still, they still talk to me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what, what separates the girls who just totally rocket to success from those who don't and have the same talent? Is it just single-minded focus? Um, there's a few qualities I believe that you need to have. Okay. I think you have to have, number one is unwavering faith in yourself. Okay. So there can't be any shadow of doubt that you are meant to do this with your life. Mm-hmm. And so those girls that have unwavering faith in themselves and they're fearless, mm-hmm. um, think Chelsea Handler, Whitney Cummings, um, mm-hmm. these Amy Schumer, just fearless, mm-hmm. you know, no one could tell them no. They knew that they're funny. They know this is their path and they're going to do it. And regardless, exactly. So unwavering faith. Number two is most people have who have unwavering faith, have a hustle in them. Mm-hmm. They're hungry. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be so hungry that you, it's almost like you have to be on stage. Like you can't not be on stage. Right. Like you love it so much. You need, you have something to say and you need to be up there. Mm-hmm. And so they all have a hustle in them. Yeah. That is like, wow. Do you think everybody has, cause obviously we're using this comedy analogy to people's normal lives because I think everybody to manifest something needs to, you have unwavering faith in yourself and have a hustle. Do you yeah, think because they say you have to see it and believe it, but then you also have to take action. Exactly. You have to, you have to take action, but the, not sit around like dreaming things up. No, but the action once you're in alignment is easy. Well, the action with the next indicated step will be yes. shown to you. Yes. So you, it's not all like overwhelming, like, Oh my God, I got to do this commercial mm-hmm. I have to make a commercial. No, it unfolded to me because mm-hmm. the next step was the director. And then the director told me what the next step was. Get your girls together, book this date. Yes. Everything's tiny, little, little baby, steps. little baby steps. Yeah. Um, do you think everybody, cause this is the thing that's dawning on me right now. I'm like, oh shit. I think everybody's a huge hustler 
once they find what their purpose is. I don't think everybody's a huge hustler. You, I think if somebody finds what their actual purpose is, they will like go for it. But so many people don't. And it could be being a mother. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I know a lot of girls that know their purpose. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they're not necessarily hustlers. I think that's just something. I don't know if it's like being scrappy or being like, uh, I don't, I don't know what that is. Oh, you can't act scrappy. I'm, I was just thinking like working hard, but you mean like, I mean like desperately need to make this happen. Ooh. Like have, have a, something inside of you that says I'm not good enough unless I'm (laughs) (laughs) something that tells you you're not good enough unless you're producing content or unless you're right making shit happen right doing rather than being Mm -hmm. but as we know you know from Shakti Gawain be do have is really the key yeah be what you need to be then do what you need to do and then you can have what you want Mm mm-hmm Okay. What's the third? The third thing is, and I hate this part, but it is true, is everybody that I've seen succeed has a powerful man behind them. Mm, Yeah. Or a powerful rep. It doesn't have to be a man, but usually it is a man. It's an agent or a manager Mm -hmm. or somebody behind them opening doors and creating opportunities for them. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. But... It's a necessary evil in this business, Mm -hmm. but I have one behind me and that is my higher power. And that is God. (laughs) You want to hear something? I was with this agency called Paradigm. This was 20 years ago. Paradigm, for those of you who aren't in LA, is it's one of the biggest. Yeah. They were a big agency and they were representing me as a comedian and an actress. And I was with them and I didn't book one job. As a matter of fact, I got bad feedback because I would go in (laughs) and kind of bomb because I wasn't ready to be in Paradigm. And they dropped me. And I was in my apartment and I was crying and I was sweeping, cleaning, and I was praying and I talked to God a lot and I always get answers. So I said, what do I do? You know, I have no one now. I've mm. got to start over. And this voice said, if your mom was your agent, would you be this worried? And I go, well, no, because my mom loves me unconditionally and she believes in me and she's going to be there forever. Yeah. And the voice said, well, your mom's not your agent and your agent's not your agent. I'm your agent. <gasps> Shit. Swear to God. So I always remember that when things, when I feel powerless or small or I'm not making shit happen or how come this isn't happening for me, I go, God is my agent. Mm-hmm. God is my employer. God is my agent. God will direct me. And if I don't have something that I think I should have, it's because I'm not supposed to have it yet. Yeah. Like I was not supposed to be doing a voiceover job. Yes. For $10,000 a day. I was supposed to be teaching and changing people's lives. But it's so painful in the moment. It is. It's when, very hard yeah. to to remember this sometimes for me. Yeah, me too. And looking back, you know, when I was moving in with my friend who was the comedian, I was heartbroken about leaving that guy behind that I had to break up with because of all the toast everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was so sad. And in, in the meantime my life was building itself around me in ways that I can never imagine, but it still hurt. Yeah. Well, you never, you don't really know why anything is happening. And my boyfriend always says this great line to me. He always says, um, there's the, thank God for the red lights and the green lights. Mm, Yes. Because the red lights aren't necessarily a bad thing, you Mm -hmm. know, getting stopped could be preventing you from getting in an accident Mm -hmm. down the road a little bit you know Mm -hmm. so it's all good 
that's it's all for our highest good whatever's happening what is god to you um a an energy mm-hmm. it's like a source energy like um I, I i have this meditation teacher who was talking about nature mm-hmm. and how nature's only purpose and nature's only function is to evolve itself and grow and realize its true potential mm. and i'm like that to me is a higher power nature that's beautiful isn't it? to realize that uh, our true potential yes and that's all i want out of life and i think that's all anybody wants Mm -hmm. right you want to be fully actualized as a human being i want to be expressing myself fully like we do like the plants do and the flowers do in nature Mm -hmm. they're expressing themselves Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful Mm -hmm. and i want to be expressing myself in emotionally sexually financially work-wise you know, relationship wise, I want to have a career that's fully actualized. I want to have a, a relationship that's fully actualized. I want my friendships to be my relationships with my mom and my brothers and everything I'm doing in life. I want to be the biggest expression of myself, the fullest expression. Exactly. And that's never a destination because every second there's more. There's more. Yeah. That's, and you're always growing. You're, and you're always, always growing. Evolving spiritually and so to me when I meditate and I pray I think about nature and how if I let nature take its course Mm -hmm. in any situation and that means I'm surrendering it right anything Mm -hmm. I want my dreams my goals my desires I'm turning it over to nature because nature knows what it's doing yeah and nature wants my highest good yep and so that to me is God like God knows what it's doing I don't have to do anything I just have to wait for the next indicated action. Yes. I think Abraham says, um, you don't have to do anything. You have to stop doing the stuff that's making it not come. <laughs> yeah. Blocking, right? <laughs> yeah. There's this great phrase in Al-Anon because I'm in 55, 12 step programs. <laughs> but it says, don't just do something, sit there. Mm. And it's for people who are super ultra controlling, which is me. Mm-hmm. I, I try to manage and control everything. And when I put my hands in there and I mess it up a lot of times but it's when I surrender and Mm -hmm. I allow Mm -hmm. it to move through me even my writing like when I'm going to sit down to write I can't write if I'm forcing I have to be a channel yeah writing on a blank page when you're like I need to write is horrible it's awful it's the worst um what do you think about like you're really into visualization. You're probably the most into visualization person I've ever met. Really? Yeah. And okay. it really works well for you. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. Are you sure? I don't know. Well, okay. For visualizing for me means being specific. Okay. Like I wrote, um, I wrote out a piece of paper. This was about seven years ago. I wrote, um, my perfect man. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote 25 qualities that of perfect that that I wanted in a man. And I left nothing out down to knows how to fix things around the house. Not allergic to dogs, has or wants kids um, 45 years old to this age. I put the age I put. I must have chemistry with this person. I must be super attracted to this person. Uh, I put like details down then I folded it up and I put it in my god box so that's visualizing right no I'm not saying what I want the guy to look like right I'm saying I just want to I know how I want to feel about him mm-hmm. like I want to be super attracted right and turned on right so I put that on there and I 
And your God box is just a box of all your... It's a a box I made out of a shoe box where I put pictures on it of things that make me happy. Okay. I decorated it with all these like wonderful images. Okay. You know, my nephew when he was a baby sleeping. Little things that when I look at it, I go, oh, that's God. That's pictures of animals because I think animals are expressions of God. Yes. Because they're perfect and they give you unconditional love. My cat is an expression of Satan. (laughs) I always look at my dog's face and I go, are you God? Oh, because the way they look at you is just pure love. Yeah. 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 And um, so then I folded it up and I put it in my God box and that means I surrender it and I turn it over and I don't worry about it anymore. Mm. It's done. Yeah. I visualized it. I believe it's coming and now it's just being patient. Mm -hmm. But what I did now, the reason why I didn't meet my boyfriend right away is because I started going out with guys that were less that had, didn't have the qualities that were on this list. Right. So I started dating like below beneath me Mm -hmm. and settling and going out with losers. Mm -hmm. And that's a mixed message to the universe. You're saying I want this and I deserve this, but I'll take this. Right. So once you were like, no, I'm just not doing right. it. Right. Once I finally said no mm. and started saying no to guys and I wasn't afraid to be alone. Yeah. And I was like, no, I would rather be alone than feel bad in a shitty relationship. I'd mm. rather be alone and trust that something better is coming. I met my boyfriend and he has every single quality on the list. He's one of my favorite men in the world. I know. He is a lovely, lovely human. And I always say if we broke up, I'd want to be his friend because yeah. he, he's just such a good person. Obviously he's, he's an angel. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait, I want to. I want to read something to you. Okay. Okay. I took two. You have two books out as well, right? Yes. What books do you have? have? Three books. Well, my favorite book, which is a very simple read. Oh my God. You've made me read this 19 times and every single time I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, Florence Scovel Shin, The Game of Life and How to Play It. It was written in the 30s, I believe. It's all about the law of attraction before the law of attraction was a thing. Mm-hmm. This woman knew you know new things mm-hmm. and she wrote this book and it's called the game of life and how to play it and the way i heard about her is because i was obsessed with louise hay who wrote you can heal your life yep and i listened to a podcast that louise said and somebody asked her who were your inspirations and she said this woman named francis scovelshin so i immediately researched francis you know and found this book and i was like oh my god this book uh. it's called a prosperity classic the game of life and how to play it <laughs> and, it, and and because it's thin and I don't read right you know I it's I a little a book I'm reading what's your favorite message from it um well there's a message that says if one asks for success and prepares for failure he will get the situation he's prepared for uh yes so if you are saving for a rainy day you're preparing for a rainy day right so do you need to re because do you need to like rethink how you think of saving like saving for a sunny day. Yeah. Well, I just think maybe you don't even think about it. I think mm. you have to have faith that, oh, the universe is abundant and money flows to me e- easily and effortlessly. And mm. um, I once had God tell me, you never have to worry about money again. Whoa. But I still worry about it all the time. And then I have to go, oh, wait, no, I was told I don't have to worry about it. Like, because <laughs> it's just energy, right? Yeah. It's just an exchange of energy mm. for goods. Mm-hmm. And so if you just think about it in terms of, oh, it flows to me easily and effortlessly and keep yourself open and don't have any blocks. 
yeah. that prevent it from coming. Now, I have a really bad gambling problem, so I prevent money from coming to me because <laughs> I abuse it. <laughs> <laughs> you love slot machines so much. I do. You light up like a child on Christmas I Eve. Know. I'm obsessed with video poker and blackjack and it's my dark side. Like I'll be like reading spiritual literature and then I get into walk into a casino. I'm like, what am I doing? This is like the worst vibration. I'm looking around at people <laughs> people who are in their nineties, like with diapers on because they don't want to leave the, the the chair oh my gosh the, the dark side calls in interesting ways and it, it does you know we we all have to express it sometimes so yeah well it's the balancing out of the psyche mm -hmm. right yeah i think that that like what you're saying is just why it's important to be in therapy too because at the end of the day if you're not manifesting what you really should be it's a belief system yeah because things beliefs. should be coming to you not our belief not i don't want to use the word totally easily but easily like life should be flowing to you right life is about abundance and yeah. i believe nature god or wherever universe wherever you want to call it wants you to be your best self and wants you to have everything you want in life mm -hmm. because the more and sometimes people do this like they feel guilty when things are going so well for them so that's me right or they feel like oh my god like why do i have this and people in uganda are suffering mm -hmm. but i have to remind myself the more i have the more i have to give the mm -hmm. more i have the more i have to give mm -hmm. so it's like okay I get if, when I have a good life and when I'm happy, I am really affecting others in a positive way. Yes. There is no, you're not doing anything helpful when you're downplaying and, mm -hmm. and you're holding yourself back and you're feeling guilty or, you know. So it's like, let your light shine. Yeah. Let your and light shine. And then other people can be warmed by it. So many people mm -hmm. in a positive way. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm a teacher, right? Like who would want to come to me if I was living a small life, mm -hmm. you know? And if I was not inspiring people, you want to inspire people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you want to go to your teacher and be like, Oh, she, look, she's got a great boyfriend. She has a cool house mm -hmm. in Sherman Oaks. Like I can have this too. Mm -hmm. Like those are the people that I want to be around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people who are thriving. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, I've noticed there's places in my life where I'm like, wow, I'm definitely operating off of a belief system that I need to mm -hmm. get in there and tinker around with because mm -hmm. the shit is cray. Well, some stuff is given to us from our parents, you know, it's For sure. ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. uh, every fiber of my being tells me that I'm responsible for my mother and her happiness and her mm. well-being and because I was kind of told that as a child mm -hmm. by her mm -hmm. I was made to be her therapist which is called parentification mm -hmm. and uh, so I feel overly responsible a lot of times for people and their feelings yeah and I don't and, and it, it's ingrained in me yeah because I was it's almost like being brainwashed sometimes you're brainwashed as a kid by your parents and they're doing the best they can with what they had but they're giving you these messages I just would say we're all completely brainwashed right yeah we're all completely brainwashed by society and we have to dig deep and be like what is my actual right and right. and it's once you start looking it'll come Right. It's not hidden so deep. Right. Well, you can look at your patterns mm -hmm. too. Like for my, my patterns for many years was finding guys that were fixer uppers. Ah, and a like, little remodel, a little yeah. HGTV. And like rescuing people. <laughs> like, cause I felt special and I felt important when mm -hmm. I was helping my mom and rescuing her out of 
her dramatic situations that she had always, you mm-hmm. know? And um, so I learned that that's how to get love. Oh, if you help and you rescue, that's how you will be loved. So we're always seeking love. Yeah. And so I'm now trying to unlearn that at 50 years old. Like, okay, I'm not responsible for her. And it's in a, I got a double whammy from the universe because she has Alzheimer's now. I know. So now I really feel responsible, yeah. but I have to learn boundaries at age 50, like mm-hmm. what I am capable of and what I'm not capable of doing. Yep. And it's so interesting how we have to keep learning the same lessons over and over again. Over until we and them. over and over. And yeah, ever, I, it, it's weird that the universe tests us, but it tests us it, like so hard. It tests us. It tests you also in ways like, okay, if you make a bold statement and you say like one time I said, I don't want to go on the road anymore. I used to be a singer dancer. I said, I don't want to go on the road anymore. I want to stay in town and be an, a working actress. Mm-hmm. Right. So I said that out loud. The next day I got a job offer to go to Hawaii for three months and do a job. A really appealing, fun yep, job that's in exactly Hawaii. how it goes. And I said, no. Mm-hmm. You have to say no. Yep. Once you make that statement, and the universe will test you and bring some... If you say, I'm not going to date any more losers, the universe is going to test your you. Your favorite and loser. He's, he's going to yeah. show back up and he's going to be like, yes. I'm changed and I'm different. And your gut is like, no, he's not. But your brain is like... Right. And then- you're going to be so attracted to somebody and you're going to know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're super attracted to someone right away it could be a red flag it could mean because they feel familiar to you which comes from family of origin and if you grew up in a dysfunctional family like i did (laughs) you're attracted to you know dysfunction or chaos unless you do a lot of work on yourself and undo that i i undid that before i met my boyfriend because i was in therapy and 12-step programs and all that good stuff oh yeah i i haven't quite undone it well, I haven't undone it at all, but I finally gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, that's my crazy. And yeah. it feels so good to label it. Yeah. And I, I also wonder if we have beliefs from our past lives. I mean, I guess we probably do. I don't know how much I buy into past lives. Really? Yeah. I just feel like, especially when I go to see a psychic and they try and bring up past lives, I go, oh, come on. You can make this shit up. Like, I don't want to, I don't care if I was an empress. Like, uh, tell me where how much money I'm am I make going week. this week. Yeah. Um, Lisa's obsessed with psychics. She always has one at her birthday. And one time your psychic told Molly that she was a like singing, dancing bar girl in the old West who just wanted to be an actress, but no one would let her be. And like, she had to do all this like barrel dancing and stuff. And she, the next day she called me and she was like, I was just driving on the highway and I started crying because of my past life and how sad I was for her. And she was like, and it's not me. I know that like, it's not, but yeah. Yeah. I hate past lives. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I don't know. I just remember I would, I think I might've talked about this on here, but I, when I was three, I had a dream that I was like going to be crucified essentially. What? Yeah. Three. I was, it was my earliest dream. I was sitting in a baby pool and there were all these men around me guarding me and all black, their faces covered. And I had to have been three because we lived in Hayes because I remember this. And two of our family friends came to visit me and I was like, take me with you. And they were like, we can't, you're too bad. You're too bad Mm -hmm. at age three. Mm -hmm. And these men have to like kill you. And I now looking back on it, because that dream thinking about it makes my heart start to, it feels like yesterday. It was terrifying and I'm like I think I was a witch or something 
Did you grow up in a super religious household? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, do you think I would have already gotten all that at three? I think maybe can, I can think it can sink in. I really Our brains do. are so smart. I know. I mean, I was raised Catholic and I always thought I was bad mm-hmm. growing yeah. up. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I had this babysitter who molested me and I was seven Ugh. and I was like, I did something wrong. Like I didn't yeah. tell anybody mm-hmm. for a long time because I knew that, I, that, uh, and he was 15 and I was seven. It's so disgusting, but I know most women have been through some kind of sexual assault in their life. Yep. And, um, I didn't tell anybody because I thought I was going to get in trouble because I thought it was my fault. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's from my religious upbringing of being told you're inherently bad and you're a sinner. Yeah. You're born into sin and all this crap. Guilt. Yeah. Guilt. Yeah. That's what I need to, that's, that's my stuff I need to work on. I think just the basis, like the thesis of my life was you're born bad, bad. Right. I and know. I don't like that. And we're not. I we're know. angels. Imagine if you were raised with the law of attraction. I mean. Like Liz Feldman. I mean. She was raised with the law of attraction. And she's thriving. She has the best career. Mm-hmm. She's selling TV shows. She's Left writing. Left and right. Yeah, she's the executive producer of, um, what's the show? Two Broke Girls. Uh-huh. And she's like amazing and an amazing human being. Liz Feldman is one of Lisa's friends who weirdly used to live in my old house so i would get all of her mail yeah and probably a lot of residual chats (laughs) (laughs) i was like liz can i keep this (laughs) um okay so here's the quote that i wanted to share with all of us today um okay because this is something that i think you're good about if you're not excited about it it's not the right path no yeah, no. Even if your dream is something crazy, like I want to sell real estate to bears or I want to do stand up comedy, which I think are equally as crazy. Mm-hmm. If you're you have to just choose the one you're pumped up about. Yeah, you got to find what you know, they say what you were doing as a child for mm-hmm. fun is what you should be doing as an adult for a living. It's not interesting. Mm-hmm. What um, if what if it was reading? You love to read and you love to write. Yeah. 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 So there you go. You're in the right field, right? Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you you are doing a podcast right now where you're talking about books that you've read. Mm-hmm. So you are expressing yourself yeah. in that childlike state. I was putting on shows for yep. my family, like producing them, mm-hmm. casting them, mm-hmm. like, you know, like putting my brothers in them and telling everybody what to do. I was controlling everything. And that's what I do now. So even if it's not the most rational choice, it's the better choice and it will work according to source. I, I unfortunately think a lot of people uh, are, are told what they should be doing by their parents. Yeah. Which can be tough, you know, like you got to go to college and you need to become a lawyer or you need to become a doctor. You need a real career. Mm. And that doesn't work for an artist. If you're born an artist, you have got to, you have to, you know, pursue your passion. Yeah. And if you're born not an artist, you have to use your logical mind, which is just as beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. just like we can't be put when we can't feel guilty for the things we're not good at. Right. <laughs> Everybody has a talent and I'm so bad at so many things 
but I'm good at a few things. Yes. I'm terrible at most things. Oh, me too. Like I should not be legally allowed to drive, (laughs) grocery shop, do taxes. Like (laughs) it should not be legal, but I'm horrible with technology or anything that happens with my iPhone or my computer. And I, I start crying. Thank God for my boyfriend who, because I put it on the list, he must know how to fix things. He knows how to fix my computer. I've never, ever pressed print and had something print (laughs) ever. I always have to call somebody and be like, help me. So like, I think, and I used to feel very shameful about what I wasn't good at. Oh, and now I'm just like, who fucking cares? Like, Find somebody who is. I know. I use it. I use it to my advantage now. I use all my defects to my advantage and I write jokes about them. And I created ah. a show about like the fact that I don't know anything about politics and I get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote a joke about it. I say, um, I say w- watching current events is like watching a soap opera for the first time. If you haven't been, if you don't know the backstory to all the characters, <laughs> it's too hard to jump in, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> which is the truth. That's yes. my truth. It's like, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. because it doesn't serve me. It doesn't keep me in a positive state and it doesn't keep my vibration high mm-hmm. to watch the news and get all wrapped up into politics and stuff I have no control over. I know. I would rather read a self-help book and start my day out with that. You know what, what a friend of mine told me, her meditation teacher told her, um, we are so LA. <laughs> Do you know my know. friend told me her meditation? <laughs> that, that if you want to know the news of the day, uh, don't turn on the TV. Sit, get quiet, meditate, mm. and you will hear. Mm. You will know what you're supposed to do that yeah. day. Yeah, you will get all the information you need. Mm-hmm. I feel meditation. guilty. I don't watch the news. I yeah. and I and I don't want to feel guilty about it anymore. But I watch it for ten seconds, and I'm just it all comes crashing. It makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel powerless mm-hmm. and like I, I can't do anything about it. And it's scary. It's mm-hmm. very, it's like scary stories. Yeah. It's like sitting around a campfire watching <laughs> the scariest <laughs> murder happen. Right. Even though I will watch ID network every night, which oh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't really serve me either. It's my dark side. I like the murder. You love murder. All murder all day. Have you listened to dear, um, dirty John? No. Oh my gosh. You guys. I, I it's so good is it a podcast yeah i okay. listened to all six episodes last night in my bed oh like it, pathetic but um will you also read us the quote you have from that book okay this is the science of getting rich another book club book yeah we read this in our book club um the science of getting rich by wallace d waddles again simple book not <laughs> wallace too many pages. D. waddles <laughs> i can't read So I have to have it very simple. Okay. The intelligent substance, which is all and in all, and which lives in all and lives in you, is a consciously living substance. Being a consciously living substance, it must have the nature and inherent desire of every living intelligence for increase of life. Every living thing must continually seek for the enlargement of its life because life in the mere act of living must increase itself. Love so it. It's very similar to what my meditation teacher said, right? Mm-hmm. Full, realizing your potential. Letting yourself grow. Mm-hmm. Letting yeah. yourself expand and be all of who you are and be true to yourself. Sometimes I'm, I think I'm scared of growing. Is that common? What are you scared of? Um, Losing my story that I feel... Uh-huh. Attached to. Attached to. Um, 
It's the unknown. Yeah. Like what could happen? Mm-hmm. Fear of success. It's like we were talking about Marianne Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please say that? Marianne Williamson says, um, if you're not where you are in life, you probably have a fear of success. And uh, the only time I've ever had a fear of success is when I was taking a pregnancy test. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but fear of success i guess we have it Mm -hmm. oh my goodness i yeah i I like have a fear of evolving i i need to explore maybe you know what it is i just realized it it's a fear of getting older Mm. well look at me i'm 50 i'm your but you look very young (laughs) and you're not old like i look 48 no you (laughs) that's not what i mean i think it's a fear of death uh, that like letting yourself go and just letting yourself evolve like I'm trying to keep myself stuck at a younger age or something oh interesting like a very controlling thing I think I just had therapy on myself yeah interesting wow all right I yeah. let go yeah I let, let go, go and let God all right well our work this week because I give homework oh is that I think it's to follow your path and to just get quiet and listen and to let how it about try, how about try meditating for five minutes try meditating try meditating for five minutes once a day or just once just try it and see, yeah. see what comes up for you yeah I know it's hard to meditate for 20 minutes like you're supposed to mm-hmm. but um if you can do five minutes and just focus on your breath in going in and out for five minutes see what message you get yeah and that will, might lead you to the next indicated step mm-hmm yeah it's all just a path that we're one stone at a time walking along so trust it look for it um don't overthink it and allow it yeah to show up yeah and there's so and there's billions of different ways it can go so nothing's wrong nothing's right just keep going and keep following and keep listening right yep Yep. okay we love you guys so much lisa thank you so much for being with us thank you for having me this was so fun you're amazing okay come back soon okay okay bye this is what you gotta do. Ain't no treadmill. No, no, no. Ain't no bicycle. No, no. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.